In this podcast, we're talking about different ideas of feminism, how to apply this into your business and your career, and I'm introducing a new term, fun feminism. Why am I hosting this episode? Because I know there's many definitions of feminism, and I believe it's an ever-evolving conversation. I wanted to give you my point of view in 2022. This is Big Business with Sarah, the podcast for entrepreneurs who want to continue building their business and understand you should never stop learning. So do I call myself a feminist? Yes. Do I have a different definition than most feminists? Yes. I believe feminism is for everybody, not man-hating, not reactionary but it should be actionable and ever-evolving. Most of my clients and followers are women, and I wanted to host this podcast for you, for them, to share with you my ideas on feminism and why you cannot ignore it, but what I believe could help you build a stronger business or career. So first off, I'm going to share with you why I became a feminist and I'm giving you three three reasons that you might inspire you too. The first reason why I started becoming a full-blown feminist was once I heard that in the Netherlands, 40% of women are not financially independent. And this changes every, every year, but it's around 36 to 40%. I was following a a political talent course and this is where I heard this and this was a number that really made my head spin. And for this podcast I was looking for worldwide numbers but it was very difficult finding those studies and most of the studies are in their own language or are about a gender gap, sorry not cap, gap in pay but that's not what I'm talking about here. Financial independence is about being able to choose for yourself no matter what, having the freedom to walk out of a relationship that doesn't work for you, and for instance, if you have a family, still be able to provide for them. And I'm not judging you if you're not, uh, because in the Netherlands it's very difficult to become financially independent, because most of the home care lies in the mother's hands. So, for instance, daycare is extremely expensive. And in a couple of years, this will be subsidized by the government. And I I wonder what the numbers will be then. But for most families, women now work for the daycare instead of for themselves. I mean, try try to imagine this, that there's still a lot of, you know, women who are having children or just got children. They're probably just working to pay for the daycare and... There is reasons to do that. It's probably to not have a break in your career, but actually women are already, you know, in such disadvantage just by continuing. I'm talking about women. You know, of course, there are exceptions. You know, sometimes the man takes care of the children, but I mean, in most cases, it just isn't. So yeah, we can debate about that, but it's just just this. Uh, the statistics and I will continue on this a bit further down in this episode. The second reason why I became a feminist is the Spice Girls. They introduced me to girl power and they completely empowered me. And I always feel, feel a little silly saying this but it's actually really true. 
And before I was 10 years old, so they got their first hit, Wanna Be, in 1996. I'm born in 86, so I was 10. And before that, I was a very shy girl and I was actually bullied really, really badly. I've been talking about this with my psychologist. I was thinking, oh my, <laughs> that's actually really bad. Um, but the Spice Girls really gave me confidence and helped me understand that I am in charge of my own life. In a recent Spice Girls documentary, it was called How Girl Power Changed Britain. It was a Channel 4 documentary. It was once again very clear that the late 90s were very far from female friendly. They literally stood up and changed this perspective on women. And I'm quoting a review from The Guardian here about the late 90s culture and the documentary. So... It starts with, the Spice Girls emerged at a time when feminism was an unpopular concept and the Laudette was in the ascent. Sexism was fine as long as it was couched on ir irony. So when Jerry Hallowell borrowed the term girl power from the riot girl scene and the band Bikini Kill, it peddled what Sawyer, a former lawyer uh, um, manager, calls deluded feminism to the masses. But as Sawyer also points out, that might lead you to the harder stuff. So for them, actually, to pose this girl power mantra was really something that women obviously were waiting for, but it was also quite difficult for them. And the documentary, by the way, is all about, you know, how much the press turned, turned on them. And, you know, actually it was really terrible what they were going through. Luckily, when I was 10, 11, 12 years old, so those were my peak Spice fan years, I didn't notice anything, but they did. They really had to carry that weight. And uh, when I watched that documentary, I think it was a year ago, I was so, so surprised. And I'm, I mean, they're so strong. They were also young women. You know, I was 10, but they were really at the beginning of their 20s. So yay for the Spice Girls once again. And you're always welcome in my podcast. <laughs> so, and I watched the Woodstock 99 documentary just a few weeks back. And thanks, and, and what it mentions is that thanks to the woke move, movement and new feminism, women are much safer currently than ever before in the Western world. But actually... There's still assault, by the way, but because, for instance, last weekend at the Formula One here in the Netherlands, there were already 25 cases of sexual assault. I think that's crazy. So we're not there yet, but we're talking about it more openly. And women are being taken more seriously. So anyway, in my teenage years, I was listening a lot. So after the Spice Girls, you know, I, you know, I became a real teenager and I was listening to pop music, uh, which you can, by the way, listen to on my Become Big playlist on Spotify, side note there. And I was listening to songs like Independent Woman from the Destiny's, from the Destiny's, from Destiny's Child, uh, Just a Girl from No Doubt, uh, Madonna with What It Feels Like for a Girl and so on. And I loved this these songs so much and I was listening to this uh, playlist that I created and I was when I created this podcast episode I was wondering why I enjoyed this kind of mu music so much and I think for that reason we have to go back to when I was a baby when my parents split up. So the third reason why I became a feminist is at a very young age, I was aware that there is a possibility I could end up alone and had to take care of myself because this is 
exactly what happened to my mother. And I literally saw what could happen. So people who think that because I have a husband right now, I do not have to worry about making money, you're really wrong. <laughs> I actually do have to make money to make our ends meet. And we have a very balanced financial relationship. Because you can imagine to me that is very important because I have seen this happening you know, with my parents and especially my mother and also me. So from simple statistics to my personal situation, I can say I know a lot about feminism. And through the years, I've always been very active on this. So I followed several female leadership courses, read a lot of books about female leadership. I was active in the women's movement in my political party. And I created two exhibitions on 100 years of voting rights in women's voting rights in the Netherlands back in 2019. I campaigned for Hillary Clinton in the US. I'm very much into this topic. Mm. So I know a great part, read a lot, talked a lot, <laughs> formed my opinion. And also this podcast episode, you know, pre preparing for this really helped me again. What do I think about feminism? And there's one thing, so, you know, I'm, I'm just rounding it off here. And there's one thing, uh, or I'm rounding my three reasons off here. There's one thing in feminism that I do not like and doesn't speak to me at all, which is feminism is most of the time a reactive statement or comparing the situation to what, what it's like for men. And in any case, I think it's very unwise to, unwise to compare yourself to others. So never compare yourself. So side note here to other business owners, people who have your desired career, who are living in your dream house, etc. especially in this situation. It can inspire you, but don't compare yourself to these people. So for instance, and also don't compare yourself to men. So for instance, the movement lean in or seat at the table suggests that you should, I mean, they're not really suggesting that, but I'm, I'm a little bit exaggerating here. But what I've read is that you should mold yourself into the existing structures. And I strongly believe that you don't have, you shouldn't have to, and that you should start building your own table instead of, you know, asking for a seat at the table. And I know that there's all sorts of advice to dress for the job you desired or talk with a low tone of voice or stop giggling, but I really hardly strongly suggest you don't. I have had that advice and you know, looking back, I think it's I mean, why? You know, why should I why should I act like a man to get my way? Um, and I give, I want to give you this advice, find the clients and job jobs that fit you instead of the other way around. You really have something to offer. And, um, you know, if you have to act like you're some, someone or something or another gender, I mean, that's, we shouldn't do that. So this is why I'm having a little bit of a hate love affair with feminism, because it is important to stand up for yourself. But I believe you should be proactive instead of reactive. And I've listened to the Meghan Markle podcast, Archetypes, the episodes with Serena Williams and Mariah Carey were aired 
before this recording. And I loved hearing from Serena and Mar Mariah. I really admire those women. But I was thinking, what does this podcast lack? And I've been debating with myself the whole time on this. And, and during that debate with myself, I want to, you know, show you a little bit my thinking structure here. And there was one thing that I am noticing and was noticing myself is what women and also men are doing for hundreds of years of in hundreds of years of in time is complaining about other women and I don't want to be that person. So all the hate mail or comments I'm getting are from mostly from women, by the way, never from men. So how does this work? How far back can we go? And I've asked this question to historian Rosanne Schott, with whom I created, by the way, one of the 100 Years of Voting Rights for Women exhibitions. And she explains. A popular feminist slogan, as seen on many protest signs, is smash the patriarchy. They identify this system as a source of inequality between men and women. But what does it actually mean? So. A common definition is that it's a system of relationships, beliefs and values that are embedded in political, social and economic systems. So things that are seen as feminine or uh, have to do with women are undervalued, while attributes that are connected to men uh, or are seen as masculine are seen as very important and powerful. So uh, to make an example, nursing and care is seen as female and is undervalued and underpaid. Uh, while jobs as soldiers and uh, violence are seen as powerful and important. Historically, many institutions uh, of power have included, excluded women to entrench this inequality and to keep them from independence, either so they could not work or they could otherwise not participate in government through the laws of the land. Looking at indigenous peoples, though, and their way of life, you can see that this system is not natural in occurrence at all. Uh, and that other social systems are possible. Those in power, uh, for example, the church, of course, benefited uh, from this system and spread these throughout the world through violence and oppression. Uh, contesting patriarchy has a long history and has been done throughout the ages. And you can see that feminist organizing in the 19th and 20th century has gained us important rights, such as the right to vote, education, and uh, access to paid work. So these steps were very important to emancipate women, but the roots that uh, underlie the system are still very visible uh, and continue to influence us to this day, not just in the laws that govern us, but also in the social, economic and political systems uh, that we know. So let's continue to smash the patriarchy in all its appearances. So if you're listening to this, I want to ask you what you can do to bring a bit a bit more of fun feminism to your life. And if you've heard my radical responsibility episode, you know that I'm not a huge fan of being reactionary and just sharing memes and calling yourself an activist. Activism is organizing, bringing people together, raise funds. 
If you want to learn more about this, you can listen to episode 24 where I'm ranting all about that and I'm giving you some valuable advice on how to be, um, how to take radical responsibility in your life and by the way, also how it has completely changed my life and business. And because of that, I'm seeing really a difference in people who are reactionary and proactive and or taking radical responsibility or not. So, for instance, in the case of abortion, which is a very hot topic now, and, you know, I think it's so strange, you know, probably, you know, people who are, you know, who are activists in the 60s, 70s wouldn't have imagined that we would talk about this in the 20s of the 21st century, by the way. But, you know, for those kinds of things, I think it's for those kinds of topics and, you know, things that are really not within your circle of influence, it is very important to fight for better rights. And yes, you you have to, you can demonstrate and bring action to your local lawmakers, inform them, activate them. So for instance, because of this U.S. abortion uh, law, in the Netherlands, we found out, uh, a few, few people in the Netherlands found out that there's still a law in which pregnant women actually hardly have any rights. So the organizations helping them are helping them, but the law is not for women. So that needs to change. But it's it's so interesting because of that, it you know, it you know, sheds a light on our own law and we're thinking, oh, it's so bad in the US. Well, yeah, well, actually here it's bad too. <laughs> Even worse. <laughs> So, and what I said at the beginning of, of the episode about women and financial independence and the case in the Netherlands, this still happens and is very serious. So about the daycare and that women practically have to work for that. And it should be also solved through politics and you can influence that by participating on the discussion. But there is also a lot you can do in your surroundings. So. There is four steps into fun feminism, which I really made up myself here, um, but which I've learned throughout the years and what I really believe can, you know, make a difference in your life, but especially in the women around yours, you, your, you, <laughs> lives, <laughs> sorry, the women around you, full stop. <laughs> so you can, first, first thing you can do is Start with a with the small label, your small circle. So, are there people around you, your neighbor, your sister, your mother, who need help in some sort of way? You know, talk to them, ask them. You know, what maybe might be their their struggles. I am, for instance, talking to a lot of women who are really who have to work more hours or have to you know create a more profitable business because the cost of living is really rising and so they really also need to step it up so try to find a way on how to be able to help them the second tip i want to give you is go start volunteering at a female-led organization or an organization that supports women's rights so Volunteering could be anything. It could be handing out flyers, but it could also be offering your services and see if you could maybe help them in fundraising or maybe with their social media accounts if that's your um, if that's your speciality or maybe help them take beautiful photographs or maybe help them put together an event. Anything goes and if there's if this is a cause that you find important, then you can 
help them a little bit. You don't have to work 40 hours a week, you know, at this, at this organization, but you can actually, you know, try and see if you can help them. The third tip that I want to give you is to buy your products and services from women. And something that really hurts me is that I am seeing so many people online make fun of women who try to make money online. And I think it's great that they're putting themselves out there. You know, you should buy from them, help them, you know, help them grow their business. Maybe they don't have the resources yet to make a great social media post. Um, but, you know, try to see if you can support them and they will grow from there. And you will actually help women in your surroundings or online really uh, create a better circumstance for themselves. And the fourth tip, fourth tip I want to give you is maybe start something yourself, which also turns a profit. And be serious about this. Have a plan in place. Work towards your goals. Take yourself seriously because you can make a difference. The world needs you and people are willing to pay for it. To close off, I want to thank my Instagram and LinkedIn followers for having such lovely conversations in the DMs about this especially. And especially, sorry, Taylor, Pauline, Sabine, and Hugo, thank you very much for your contributions and for asking my millions of questions. And of course, thank you so much, Rosanna, for sharing your insights on the history of women and how we treat them and each other. And I cannot wait from you, uh, can, cannot wait to hear from you what you're going to do the upcoming weeks to create some fun feminism in your life. And if you want to work on creating your own profitable business, next week on Thursday, the doors open again for my Big Business Mastermind, a three-month program where you and nine other entrepreneurs work on their impact and financial goals. And I'm helping you all reach those. I would love to welcome you and you know, have a chat and see if this works for you. And you can find me on Instagram or LinkedIn. Thank you so much for listening and see you next week.